Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. We are actually going to finish up a series we've been in. Um, this is part 16 now, so four months in this series called Living is Christ. And I, you know, I generally do pretty long series. Um, most of you figure that out. Um, but I like to sort of stay on topic and kind of work our way through it. And we've, we went uh, through two passages uh, together in this, Philippians 1, uh, 20 through 27, and now Ephesians 4, and uh, most of Ephesians 4. And then we're just kind of tacking on the first two verses of Ephesians 5 because they really fit with Ephesians 4. He's, he's finishing a thought. And so last week we talked about being imitators of God and what it means to be his dearly loved children. And we, we looked at that and how what an amazing gift and blessing that is and uh, how, how awesome God is that he's made a way for us to be reconciled to him in the process. And, and how as his kids then, you know, we, it's natural for us to want to imitate him just like little kids imitate their parents. And we talked about that last week. This week we're going to end up uh, the entire series by talking about living a life of love. It kind of ties everything together in this thought. Remember we, from talking about putting off the old self and putting on the new self and the, the change of our minds that take place as we yield to the Holy Spirit and all He's doing in us and we've contrasted the new attitudes with the old attitudes and, and now these should all sort of come together and what should be produced at the end is this life of love that He wants to just have happening in us to impact the world around us. So we're going to go there in just a moment. That's the intro transition. Always try and do something a little silly. Um, so I, what I have for you today is a, is a few honest company slogans. Honest company slogans. I thought I, these would be good. Hallmark, when you care enough to give a card mass-produced by a corporation. Honest. Okay, whoops. <laughs> I got more. <laughs> Ritz crackers. Tiny edible plates. Whew. Gillette. We're just going to keep adding blades. Come on, you gotta love that one. No? Chapstick. You'll misplace it before the tube's empty. See, there you go. Last one Hot Pockets. Every bite is a different temperature. Okay. That's bad. Tomorrow I have a race joke, but it won't work tonight. But it'll work tomorrow. Scripture reading. You're on purpose. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So these verses tell us we're called to live a life of love just as Christ loved us. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, in context... Jesus tells his disciples this right after he washes their feet at the Last Supper. That's, that's the context of what he just tells them. And so he has just demonstrated to them that the way that they're going to experience real life is by serving. And 
They've been fighting amongst themselves about greatness and who among them was the greatest. Even there at the Last Supper, you know, these guys were all having this argument about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Um, and, and this is at the end of Jesus' ministry. You know, he's, he's about to leave his guys that he's worked with for so long, and he has to communicate this message to him because and, and they're missing the bigger picture. After all this time, instead of figuring out that, that to be like Jesus is, is to serve, they're still fighting about who would be the greatest in, in the kingdom. And, and, and so he, he washes their feet. We know that was, a, that was a huge deal. But see, the problem is with the disciples is that their motivations were all messed up. And, and so Jesus had to speak into that. And, and so um, what he's telling them, and, and by, this, by setting that whole discussion up by washing their feet, uh, what we need to take from that is, see, life isn't about how well you position yourself to make things happen in your own life. It's really about how well you move into this world to serve and to bless and to love others. And that's where we really find life. And that's what Jesus was telling his guys. If you really want to find life, this is what it looks like. And you need to move into it that way. And he says something else, but really important. He says, and listen, by the way, this life of love that you're called to live, this is how everybody's going to know you're my disciples. That's going to be the telltale. That's what they're going to be. That's what's going to impact them. That's what's going to draw them into the kingdom. That's what's going to do it is how well you love People are going to know that we're followers of Jesus by how well we live lives of love. And see, the, this is the whole thing, and I know I say this, but I, I want to say it again. That should be people's definition of the church. That, that when they talk about the church, people outside the church should say, I don't know everything that's going on there, but that is the most loving group of people I have ever met. That's the most loving group of people that exist anywhere. And unfortunately, it's not usually what people say about the church. They have different opinions. Oh, that's the most judging people I've ever seen. They're the, most, the biggest bunch of hypocrites. You ever heard any of this? Well, that's why they don't go. Why don't you go? Well, they're all hypocrites. Really? Yeah. And, you know, they don't. And, and so that's what takes place. And yet... Jesus had just said his disciples, that's us, that's the church. That's how they're going to know is how well we love. How we love one another, how well we love him, how well we love them. And so um, that needs to be the perception of the church. Lovingest people anywhere. So we have to be aware of that. And, and this whole process is, is what's going on that I want to talk about today. So I have a couple of, a couple of quick questions. They might seem a little off-topic, but they, they are. Uh, here's, some, here's some questions. So, so when you get stopped by a red light, what's your normal reaction? How do you do with red light stops? Just something. How about when you, when you go to the store and there's lines at the checkouts, big long ones? How do you react to that? Have you ever, you ever been down here when the, they just get overwhelmed all at once? It happens pretty often at the checkouts. And you go in and you're ready to be done. And there's huge lines at the very few registers at open. How do you feel at that moment? What's going on inside of you? How do you feel if you're working on something and it just doesn't work out the way that you want it to? And it just seems to not be happening at all. How about when, when uh, particularly this time of year, breaking news happens? 
How do you feel about breaking news when it takes place? And if, if any of those things push your buttons when they happen, then, then that's what we're going to talk about today. And this is the first point, is, is what motivates you? So I said the disciples were messed up because their motivations weren't right. So what is it that motivates you? And our motivation in life is really important. Um, uh, you know, by that I mean, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we doing what we're doing throughout the day? Why are we saying the things that we say? Why? What, what's motivating us in how we're feeling and in all these other things that we're doing? And, and this is a great question because none of us has completely pure motives. N- none of us. Just, let's just get that on the table. We've all got some self in our motives. That's just part of the deal. So we need to be examining our motivation all the time. And, and what is it that's motivating? Are we being motivated by fear? Are, are we being motivated by guilt? Are we being motivated by greed? Are we being motivated by ego or pride? What is it that's motivating us? What motivates us through the course of our life? Paul said in Philippians 2.3, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. And that's a pretty big statement. Whenever you hear a do nothing, that's really what it means. Do nothing. You shouldn't be doing anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Wrong motives, but we have a lot of stuff going with wrong motives. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. That ties into the message by this, is that what Jesus has already told us as his disciples is our motivation for life needs to be love. That's the whole deal. That's what motivates us. And, and it's the only motivation that will keep us, you know, trying to, you know, live by doing the next right thing. And so it's, it gets down to loving God, loving others, loving ourselves. But this is all that needs to be happening at the core and the center of who we are, that these new attitudes are, you know, being developed by the Holy Spirit in us and are ultimately fueled by this life of love that God calls us to. So point number two is, you know, what are some of the things that you're doing with wrong motives? And this is a a thing that you should be asking yourself fairly regularly. Um, Are you doing things in your life that are motivated by fear? Uh, this is, uh, I think, pretty common. Uh, you know, we talk here all the time about not being anxious about anything. We, we go through that verse all the time because we live in a world um, there, where there's a lot of fear. Our culture is really fear-based. It's all the things that could or might happen uh, in a situation. And so some little thing might happen, and then all of a sudden all these experts come in and they make it much bigger by talking about all of the endless possibilities of what this could mean. And all of a sudden, we get hold of that fear, and we begin to make decisions and and movement in our lives based on the fear of things that might happen. And And those decisions that we make aren't good decisions because the motivation is wrong. Anything that's motivated by guilt... You're, you're being guilted into something or manipulated by someone for something um, and, you, and you're moving in those directions because of that. You're responding to guilt. That's, a, that's never a good reason to move, act, do. It's, it's just not one of those ones that's healthy um, for us. And yet, so many people like to guilt us into things. 
and so many situations, and even the culture, loves to push you by guilt and little things that start moving you in, in wrong directions. How about greed as a motivator? It's pretty normal. You know, we want stuff. Uh, and stuff in itself isn't bad, but it can overwhelm us, and we, we begin to make decisions um, that are based on, on this desire uh, that overwhelms us to have when that's not where we find life. You know, life's less about having and more about being than anything, but we get those all mixed up all the time, and our motivations get mixed up in the process. How about, you know, ego, pride? What are the things you're doing that, that pride just gets in the way? And, and uh, you know, uh, so many times, you know, in my life, I've... I've, I've, and I'm, if you know, you've, you have the thought like, well, you know, do you know who I think I am, kind of? <laughs> and, and, and then I think, yeah, but nothing, you know, just change in God's pocket. That's, you know, that's when you have to wait for something. It's usually a pride thing. It's an ego thing. You shouldn't have to wait. You know, there shouldn't, I shouldn't have to be in line. Why, you know, I, I hate lines. Why don't you do something about it? I don't want to be here. You know, this is a waste of my valuable, valuable time because I'm so important. My time matters more than anything else. And, um, you know, I always go to Winn-Dixie for stories. But the other day I was at Winn-Dixie. <laughs> I go a lot to Winn-Dixie. So a lot of my stories come from Winn-Dixie. And, um, and, and so I'm in line, and the person in front of me is um, paying with a check, which you hardly ever see anymore. I, it's like crazy, right? I always did that, but now, and I don't care. I'm like, I got nothing but time. Well, it won't work. The, the, it won't go through for whatever reason, and then there's one manager, and then there's two managers, and the cashier keeps looking at me and saying, I'm so sorry. Thank you for being patient. Like, almost panicked that I'm going to go off. And I wasn't even close. You know, I, I have this steady thing. You know about me in Winn-Dixie. I go to Winn-Dixie. I'm happy I'm not farming and hunting and butchering myself. Uh, I'm good. This is whatever time it takes at Winn-Dixie is a win. I'm so far ahead of the game that it's, you can't even begin to count it. Like, I just picked it up and stuck it in the car. I got to carry it up the stairs. It's done. So if it takes a little while online, I don't really care. Let's see. Maybe there's somebody to talk to, pray for, something. It's usually a good use of time. There's always somebody if you don't lose your mind. But, but if you get stuck in that thing, well, I'm, this is, I'm, I can't, you know, I don't have that. I can't. I'm, they're wasting my time. It's God's time. Use it to his advantage. You know, maybe there's somebody you can... And they were, this lady was shocked I didn't get upset. So, so you know it's a, it's a response that she's accustomed to, that if the next person in line, while they're standing there, is going to start being rude. And uh, there's no payoff in it. So, you know, I think we have to ask ourselves all the time, what's motivating me throughout the course of the day? James 4, 1 through 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet. You can't have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You don't have because you don't ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. You may spend what you get on your pleasures. We get our motivation all wrong, and then, then we wonder why it's not going the way we want it to go and all these things. So anything that's in your life that's not motivated by love needs to be looked at. And, and then what you have to do, point number three, you need to do some pruning. You got to cut some stuff away. You got you to just get some stuff out of your life. And, and you got to get this stuff out that's, that's being, you know, manipulated by all these wrong motives. 
because they, they just shouldn't matter. And so you have to look at them. You know, I talk, I also, the other thing I talk about all the time is when I'm driving in traffic. And I, I have this one thing. I've gotten so much better where when a lane is merging and you know it's going to merge, get over there like everybody else does. Don't push it to the end. That's my thought. <laughs> and then I have to let people go, but it's okay. If you're one of those people that thinks that's what you need to do, God bless you. I'm all right. But I struggle sometimes with that whole thing. And I wonder why I struggle because it's not really a big deal. I mean, in the scheme of things, who cares? I just, I don't care. And I put myself at risk so many times trying to make the other people learn the lesson, you know, blocking the lane, speeding up, slowing down, making it impossible. And, and it causes my stress, you know, I, and, and I think, what's it all about? And it's a, it's a me thing. It's a pride. It's a terrible motivation. Instead of, go ahead, I don't care. It's five minutes. But see, I can't get there sometimes. And, and so I have to think about it so I can cut that stuff out of my life. If I didn't think about it and pray about it, it wouldn't go. It would stay there and be a, be a little hindrance. Years ago, if you were here, you heard this story, but we were going through back in the day in the toll booths in Miami when they took change, and that's all they took. There was one lane if you didn't have change, like on the side, but there wasn't sun pass. It was quarters. You just threw quarters in the thing, and you went on. And, and I'm driving through the thing, and somebody up there didn't have quarters, and I could see them digging through their back seats and stuff, and the line is there, and I want to do 70 or whatever it was, and I'm stuck, and I, I start to lose my mind, and my daughter's sitting in the car, and she looks at me, and she's young, 10, 12, something like that, and she goes, Daddy, you're a pastor. <laughs> mm. Not now. I'm a driver. <laughs> Have your quarters ready. You get how silly it is? But at the time, it wasn't so, and I'm not the only one with that stuff. See, our motivation's getting messed up. Where, where are you getting hung up? So you got you to gotta prune. Colossians 3, 1 through 5. By them, cut them away. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. I love what he says. Set your minds on earthly things. I'm not on earthly things, but on things above, on his stuff. Um, think about him and what he would do, what he wants you to do, and what that looks like. And, and um, he calls us, what he tells us, we, we just saw what he told us to do. He said, listen, this is what I want you to do, love well. At the, at the heart of all of this, I want you to love well. All this stuff, everything that he did for us, everything that he went through at the cross, defeating death, you know, rising again, Holy Spirit coming, all those things are so that we could live lives of love and make a difference in the world around us. And so think about what you're doing with wrong motives and just start cutting it out of there. Look at the busyness, craziness, things. Just, just ask him to start taking them from you so that for you can live a life of love. Point number four. Live a life of love. Proverbs 3, 3 through 6. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. So as you, as you sort of do this pruning and you cut away some of the things that shouldn't be there and, and you'll actually find that it, it will allow you to better connect with Him. 
to, to hang out with Him, to, to sort of know that he's, he's with you and that He's got you and, and that He's for you and to, to you know, know that the Holy Spirit, He, he dwells in you uh, all the time. And, and you, you, you start to sort of relax in that and find rest in that and find life in that. And, and then you, you start to spend more time and energy on the things that are motivated by love and you're, you're knocking out some of the anxiety and some of the ongoing worry and stuff because you, you just know that's, that's not what, you know, what he would have you uh, get stuck in. And you, you start sort of cutting out some of the things that really aren't important at all so that you can spend time with what matters, which is him and and the mission that He calls us to and the life that He gives us. And, and so you, you, you start redirecting in Him, in this new self. It begins to look different. And, and this whole thing, I've told you, He calls us to live in this way so that, so that His light shines through us and, and His voice can be heard through us and His touch can be experienced from us. And, and even His fragrance is noticeable to the people around us. So that's the, the hallmark of this life. Live lives of love. Let this new self just be put on you by the Holy Spirit and walk this thing out so that, so that you know, even though we can't change the whole church, you're the church. Let's let it start with us, right? Let's, let's do the best we can. We're not going to do it perfectly, but let's do the best we can to love well. Let, you know, let's that, what they call us, how oh, those people love well, and, and we'll let him take it from there. But our part is yielding in that and allowing them to do that. When you're, when you're there, when, you're, when your motivations are better uh, in Him and, and you're allowing Him to move and you're resting in Him more, then, you know, traffic lights won't bother you and lines at Winn-Dixie won't bother you and breaking news won't, won't send you freaking out. So just be. Because you know you've you got Him and He's got you. and There's stuff that He wants us to walk through and somehow see other people and bless them and encourage them and love them so they can come in too. And, and that's the, the life he has for us. So think about that um, this week and then we'll, we'll move in new directions in the week ahead but, uh, but let all that sort of settle on you and if you can go back and think about these verses and sort of pray them through. Life is Christ. Living is Christ. And know that, that you know, that's what he's got for us and that's what he wants for you. That's where I'm going to end it here. If you're watching my video, thank you for watching. We appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer, go to the website, and there's a prayer page there, and you can put your prayers in, and we'll pray for you and come and visit us when you can. We would love to see you here. God bless you.